At Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, our mission is simple, to understand, prevent, and cure cancer. We proudly present another episode in our podcast series, Cancer Talk. Here's Bill Klaproth. When it comes to breast health and options of cancer is detected, you want the best care you can find. Here to talk with us about breast care and different types of surgical options is Dr. Mariola Paz, Assistant Professor of Oncology and Roswell Park Surgical Oncologist at Breast Care of Western New York. Dr. Paz, thank you for your time today. Can you share with us the latest recommendations and guidelines when it comes to breast health? So when it comes to breast health, we know that screening is one of the most important ways and the best way we know of is to decrease mortality from breast cancer. And over the past few years, there have been various changes in guideline recommendations from a lot of the large uh, organizations. The American uh, Cancer Society put out some recommendations a few years ago, which are a little different than the standard recommendations that had been in place prior uh, regarding annual mammography. I tend to go by the National um, Comprehensive Cancer Network Guidelines, the NCCN, um, which still recommends annual screening mammography starting at the age of 40 for women who we consider average risk. And risk assessment is part of uh, the overall kind of evaluation when we first see a woman as far as discussing guidelines and screening and what would be appropriate. And that can vary, you know, from person to person based on not only family history, but their own personal history um, and individual risk factors. And what about risks or family history or potential symptoms? How do you address that as it relates to those guidelines? So when we first uh, do an evaluation with a woman for risk, we obviously ask about family history of breast cancer and ovarian cancer. We nowadays also evaluate people for potential genetic testing. We know that there are women who have certain genetic mutations or alterations that can increase their risk of breast cancer in the course of their life. And we tend to consider those, uh, I'm sorry, we tend to consider that type of testing when we see a woman who has three or more people in the family with breast cancer at any age or breast cancer at a very young age, so premenopausal breast cancer before the age of 45, before the age of 50. So those are the family uh, considerations that we look at. Um, in addition, just even if somebody was negative for testing, just having extensive cancer in the family would you know, usually place you at higher risk. Now, in addition to the family history factors, we also look at a woman's individual history, which would include if she's had any prior biopsies in the breast, if there were any atypical cells in the breast and what the results of those biopsies were, the number of children she's had and the age that she had her first child, in addition to age of menarche and then menopause and, and things like that. So when it comes to potential symptoms, we've all heard about self-examination, looking for lumps. Are there other potential symptoms a woman should be looking out for? So generally speaking, breast cancer, when it presents, will present as a painless lump. Now with uh, screening recommendations as they are, we more often than not will find a cancer early so that 
a lot of women I see do not actually feel anything abnormal on their breast exam, even with a diagnosis of breast cancer. Uh, there have been various recommendations as far as doing breast, breast self-exams also. Um, and generally speaking, they have not been officially recommended because a lot of times women have a hard time kind of knowing what is something that's worrisome versus what is not. Um, but I still think it's important to, you know, be familiar with your own breasts. And so if you notice anything different, it's something that you should certainly bring to the attention of your physician. Um, so any new hard lumps, skin changes, um, nipple discharge, things like that are things that um, you should bring to the attention of your physician. Breast pain generally is not associated with cancer, but certainly can be. Um, so anything that would be new or different in a woman's own breast exam or, or breast health as it's been throughout her life should be brought to the attention of her physician. Well, that's excellent. Thank you for sharing that with us, Dr. Paz. So when it comes to treatment then, can you tell us about the minimally invasive procedures in the detection and diagnosis of breast health conditions? So what's wonderful is the majority of uh, breast cancers nowadays, as I had discussed before, present early. So more often than not, we are able to do breast conservation or what's called a lumpectomy for most women with early stage breast cancer so that we can take out the area of cancer with a little bit of normal breast tissue around it and leave the remaining breast so that the majority of women do not need a mastectomy. Uh, the lumpectomy does go along with radiation treatment so that we treat the entire breast comprehensively, but the outcomes of those two options do not vary as far as outcome and overall survival. So that's a great option nowadays um, that we know works very well for the majority of women. So they do not have to deal with the changes as far as dealing with losing a breast in their own self-image, but in how that relates to other people and interpersonal relationships um, as well. Um, I think a lot of the times we kind of focus on treatment for women in the acute situation and getting them through that. But, you know, we don't really do as good of a job as kind of dealing with the lifelong issues that women have after treatment and dealing um, with that process as they go along the road of recovery um, with certain issues such as self-image and interpersonal relationships, which can change, obviously, after even having uh, a smaller surgery for breast cancer. Well, that is very important to discuss. So let's talk about support and follow-up care. That's very important. Can you talk about the different types of support services that are available? So after a diagnosis of breast cancer, um, we often we will see the patient on regular intervals. So um, both the surgical oncologist, as such as myself, um, and the other doctors involved in the care will be seeing the patient at regular follow-ups. And so one of the things that's important to realize about breast cancer is that it's a, a multidisciplinary disease. So most women have more than one form of treatment and most women see more than one physician. So in addition to seeing myself, they would see a medical oncologist to discuss chemotherapy and anti-hormonal therapy as well as a radiation doctor to discuss that type of treatment. So there are several doctors that are in the loop initially in the post-operative and, and, and treatment recovery process. In addition to that, um, at Roswell, we have multiple resources um, that can be helpful for women. We have a resource center there that can provide information about anything that they might need, whether it's um, community resources as far as um, 
support groups and things like that, um, you know, from wigs to breast prosthetics and where to get those and how to best uh, address all that. So we have a lot of services in that respect. Um, if women need additional services such as physical therapy for post-surgical issues as far as mobility or lymphedema, uh, which is arm swelling after surgery, we can provide resources uh, to help with those issues as well. Those resources and support, it's just so important. So can you talk about the importance of community practices such as Breast Care of Western New York, which is a Roswell Park Cancer Institute community cancer practice? It is, um, and, and I think it's, it's a great resource in the community um, because, I mean, obviously Roswell has a lot of wonderful resources, but not everyone likes to go there for all of their treatment. So it's nice to have facilities out in the community, which can be more convenient for people uh, on a regular basis, particularly if they're coming for uh, more frequent visits or other treatments such as infusion, which they may have to go for every week or every few weeks, and they might not want to go down to the main hospital for all those things. So I found that people find it a very convenient resource um, and we're lucky to have it in the, in the uh, area. Absolutely. And Dr. Poss, you're a specialist in comprehensive surgical breast care for both benign and malignant conditions, including high-risk evaluation and screening. Can you quickly tell us about that? So that's right. Um, I see a lot of women, you know, with breast cancer, but also I see a lot of women just for discussion about risk factors, such as those that I had mentioned before, family history, individual risk factors. Um, I see women who have abnormal imaging that just need a uh, an opinion about how to proceed as far as following that. Um, I see women who have had prior biopsies and whether they're benign or show atypical cells, which sometimes need surgery for better evaluation. Um, I address those type of issues with women. So it's the full, full spectrum of going over symptoms that might be totally benign and imaging that might be benign, you know, through, you know, women who have a cancer diagnosis and we're able to provide evaluation and, and services for all of those things at Breast Care of Western New York. Well, Dr. Paz, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it in talking with us about breast health and surgical options. For more information, please visit roswellpark.org. That's roswellpark.org. You're listening to Cancer Talk with Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.